astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. You're sounding Hello. a little under the weather this morning, are you? I am a little congested. Oh, I'm sorry about that. It's been very windy here in Las Vegas. I don't know if it's just allergies or I'm just 24 hours into this. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll help you out today. Perfect. Well, today we are going to discuss the nodes and an aspect that is happening that will be affecting everyone. And so we will discuss kind of an overview of the nodes, and then we'll talk about the energy that's happening and how to kind of lean into it to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I would figured- say that if you, if there, if anyone likes the idea of karma, yep. you know, fate, that things, you know, move in a kind of a not predetermined, but kind of a predestiny mode, they will enjoy hearing about the notes. Absolutely. Well, before we get into our main topic, I thought we have to address, you know, some of the topics that have kind of had everyone in a chokehold here for the past week um, that would be to discuss the Titan, uh, the submarine that essentially exploded underwater. However, we did not initially know that. So I know a lot of people were, you know, sitting by the TV or TikTok, kind of waiting for updates. And um, I mean, I don't know about you, if you discussed it with anyone yourself, but, you know, I had some conversations within my friends, friend groups about like, oh my gosh, what would you be doing if you were sitting there counting down the time to your death? There was some very morbid, you know, kind of thoughts that were kind of playing around the just conversations. I'm friendly with you. And when you use the word, Kate, chokehold, that's just a great word because this may sound ironic, but Bill and I swim generally in the afternoon and we win the pool. We've been discussing this every day as we're floating around in the pool. We are in the water and contemplating. And these, when you said chokehold, it's because it was, you know, even for us married almost 40 years, it was difficult to bring up the idea, like, what would you be thinking? You know, I'd be thinking this, or, you know what I mean? Or maybe it's a good thing if they're dead already. You know, these were all kind of morbid topics. And I'm sure most people were, were entertaining to some level. Yeah. And I'm curious if that kind of comes into maybe our topic that's going to, we're going to talk about later, that energy if that maybe ties into some of the conversations that came up with just, you know, friends about contemplating life. Yeah. And, yeah, and we, I, we were going like, well, are they going to, will they retrieve these bodies, you know, uh, yeah. you know, all these morbid topics, you know, now, of course, they won't be retrieving them. It sounds like they probably don't exist uh, yeah. on the material level anymore, but uh you know, the awkward topics that I could tell there's a lot of silence in our conversations as we were talking about the topic. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, I wasn't going to bring this up later, but I think kind of what started making it more awkward at the end is when the uh, 
when the news stories of the boat that was sinking off of the coast of Greece, um, holding about 700 uh, refugees from uh, Pakistan, mm-hmm. sunk and killing many of them. Many people have not been found at this point. And then to think, oh my gosh, we've all been focused on these five extremely wealthy people who you know, signed a waiver. They knew the the risks yeah. to an extent. You know, I, I understand maybe they were lied to, but there there was a risk with that. You know, well, of course, yes, yes, yeah. Um, and there was a risk. It, there's a risk as well. Flee, fleeing from your co- your country. There's a risk in both of them. But it was just interesting how all the focus and all the resources seemed to be going towards, you know, these five people while they're having kind of like a world record tragedy just across. In the Mediterranean Sea, yeah. yeah. You know what, and I have, I'm really embarrassed, but you shared this with me just before we came on recording. I had not even heard this story. I didn't realize this was going on. I know. Well, and I think that's what, it gives you a whole different perspective of like, oh, you know. Well, you know what, it's the Titanic story. Now we have two stories, right, going on, submersible and a ship going down yeah. uh, one holding 750 plus people the other one holding five one's rich people one is poor people mm-hmm. well that's the story of titanic uh oh shoddy God. workmanship with that would point to the submarine right I think we need to pause for that because that was like very profound what you just said uh-huh. because it's kind of awkward to talk about this i know everyone has a lot of opinions about it mm-hmm. um but I mean, I don't even know if you can say what you just said again, but I mean, like it is the story of Titanic. It's the story of Titanic. Absolutely. This idea of just Titan, short for Titanic, you know, most people could just see that obviously, but the shoddy workmanship of the submersible, obviously. Right. Um, You know, just as in the Titanic, they didn't take certain things into consideration. And then we have just the arrogance of someone, you know, the captain of the Titanic, obviously, um, taking risks, kept charging ahead, even though people said, beware, be careful, icebergs out there, right? He ignored him. Well, just like the CEO. Yeah. There's been a lot of reports that have come out that said that people warned them that it was not safe, that it wasn't ready. So, wow, that people putting wealthy people prioritizing the expectations of wealthy people. Yeah, right. We want to go down there or, you know, we want to be on that maiden voyage. And then we have what we call steerage, right? Steerage, the people, the poor people in the lower levels. Mm -hmm. And that probably picks up the uh, Mediterranean story nicely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm almost <laughs> silenced just because now it gives me a whole new way to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But but prior to getting on to recording, I thought, you know, there's many people involved, obviously. Yes. Whose chart would I pull? Wow. And I decided uh, to pull the chart of the Titanic sinking. Okay. So okay. not the Titanic being built or mm-hmm. taking off, but I pulled the chart of the Titanic sinking, because that really is what kind of the story is about is that they're going to see the Titanic sinking. So this isn't necessarily the story of people getting on the boat initially. And right. Right. And 
the chart is going through a lot. And so well, I thought the first it's one. The it's the death of the Titanic. And, and you know, that's been a repeat, repeating theme in our podcast that we've paid more attention to the day that something ends or a person dies. It's just as important. Yeah. So the first one that I wanted to talk about is uh, the secondary moon is moving into the fifth house. Right. And that is all about legacy. It is. Writing the legacy. And it is interesting, or it'll be interesting to see how does the story of the Titan maybe overshadow the story of the Titanic, or if they were to do the Titanic again, the story of it, a movie of it, now is there a whole new ending because of the story of the Titan? These are just examples. I don't know, but... There's something where the legacy is being changed. It's not just the Titanic anymore, the story that we knew. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, that moon, even for an individual, the secondary moon moving into the fifth house, which just to give it some context, would occur once every 28 years. But under that time period, people start thinking about, you know, have I lived my life? You know, what needs to be done differently? Where do I need to reset my priorities at? But it is a big one about money. It's a big one about setting up, oh, distributions of money, wills, things of that nature, talking about these heavy topics, meaning to what I want my wealth to spill over into the next generation, to my children, to my grandchildren. Um, Again, so it's interesting that the Titanic went down as the secondary moon hit the fifth house. And Again, there was a natural transfer of wealth that occurred because so many people passed. Now, maybe it wasn't much. I don't know, assuming that most of the people that died probably were in the steerage, right? But still it was the ending and the passing over and the memorial memorialization, is that the word? Memorialization of these people. You know, it's interesting. I just looked up to see when the last time the Titanic would have gone through this energy. And it was the end of 1996. And so the Titanic movie uh, by, is it James Cameron? Yeah, yeah. um, Was released in 1997. Oh my God. You're there behind the scenes. She's doing on the spot research, by the way. Right. (laughs) Just so not that anyone cares to know this, but we are in two separate spaces when we do our podcast. So I can't see her directly, but here she is doing research in the moment. That is fascinating. So, and the secondary moon energy, we should clarify, is a two and a half year cycle. So right. it is just starting right here, uh, technically uh, August 8th. So, I mean, we're close enough right here that we're feeling it. Um, but to know like that the last movie was released under this energy. So again, will there be a Netflix release on this? Probably. Will they maybe even oh, resurface I- the movie of the Titanic? I don't know. Right. Um just very interesting well, what they did last time. You know, and this is just a small, small point. I would never have done prediction off of this, but Mars is in Leo, mm. uh, the fifth house. Again, so we're tying oh. back the secondary moon going into the fifth house of the Titanic shipping. Yeah. And now we're saying, oh, and transiting Mars is in Leo, which again, pulls it back. I mean, those that's a that's a long stretch there, you know, but it's a, it's a sub, it's a sub story. The other big thing that I thought was that was going on, um, well, I mean, there's a couple, but uh, we have Uranus as well. Just entering that sixth house happened June 12th. 
So mm-hmm. again, right here around it. And again, it's, it. I mean, in a client's chart, it'd be their, the way they serve, the way that they work. Mm-hmm. And here comes Uranus, which, which is untraditional. It shakes up what we've known. Right. Another view on that, the sixth house is associated with people that are um, uh, enslaved, indentured, people that are being treated poorly, people that are not being recognized, which of course, you know, uh, uh, you know, that was an upside down story. The captain, right, of the Titanic, he got off, right? Yeah. He, he, he jumped ship. You know, that was, he left everyone for the, on their own, so to speak which they didn't know, you know, these people didn't know what to do or what the smartest thing to do would be. Uh, so again, the abdication, the abdication of, of uh, power. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's interesting. I think the whole big thing here is between these two events is shoddy workmanship, wealthy people, and then people dying as a result. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not to take, taking all the romance, out of out of the titanic movie right. right right and taking all the romance about going down to see the titanic and let's face it they're going down to to want look at a cemetery mm-hmm. basically it's an interesting concept of what they're actually were looking for you know what what the fulfillment would be but anyhow shoddy workmanship wealthy people people dying yeah but well, i'm the, the wife at what you t- shared this morning about the Pakistanis and hundreds drowning. Right. And I don't know, I haven't seen it in the headlines now. Maybe I've missed it. Right. Well, I mean, I don't watch TV. I get almost all my news from TikTok. I've been very clear about that. You say that, like, I just cringe as an ex-journalism major. I'm going, like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, from there, then I can search it online, but you know, I'm just yeah. not, I don't know what the TV coverage has been, but again, from the TikToks that I'm watching, they are saying no one's talking about this. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, this may just be a great transition point to go into what our topic is today. We want to talk, touch on nodes. Mm-hmm. in the chart and you know what you may not know where your nodes are we may be talking to a blind audience today we're aware of that uh, because uh, some astrologers put a lot of focus on nodes and if you have your chart done boy they really talk a lot about that i have to admit i have not been a big node astrologer mm-hmm. i have dismissed it on many many for many years i've more recently begun to take more interest in the nodes um, and the nodes are not planets they're not it's not an asteroid it's actually a mathematical point which that sounds boring right there <laughs> but it is determined what determines where this point is in your chart is where your sun is and where your moon is okay. so it's highly personal to everyone's chart um, and this is the big thing. The nodes oftentimes reflect family connections, your relationship to the family, um, uh, coming out of old habits, how we were raised as children, and then becoming adults. And we know, I'm sure you can think of people in your life that they they do something just because their mother did it. Yep. They eat the food their mother prepared for them. They... Um, have a picture on the wall that their mother had on the wall. 
So there's some lovely aspects of that idea of where you came from and carrying it forward. And the nodes kind of hit on the possibility that, okay, use that as your springboard, but where do you need to go in this lifetime? What do you need to achieve? So the nodes kind of want to push you forward. Now, whenever I've had, I've had a few clients who specifically want a chart that focuses on their nodes. Oh, okay. Um, and it's usually when they feel kind of lost mm -hmm. or confused, or they've lost confidence in their direction in life. Mm -hmm. So we could say the codes act as a compass. Right. Right. As to like, okay, am I on the right track? Mm-hmm. And I know you had mentioned something already about family, but you know, right. many times when we are working with family charts, where we're looking at the mom, right. the dad, the children, there usually is some sort of connection between the nodes that show kind of that karmic connection. So I know if uh, just between my chart, mom's chart, dad's chart, there is many different connections between the nodes and uh, their personal planets. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Your, um, uh, your son lines up with the, my node and your dad's node. Yeah. So that, that's just a simple example of it. There's others as well, but anyhow, that's something you can, it's kind of interesting to see. It's kind of like a wink, wink. Yeah. You are connected <laughs> maybe right. from a previous lifetime. And there's the romanticism of the nodes are oftentimes associated with that idea of karma, but that idea that you are here for a greater purpose. You have work to do. You know, we talk about the word vocation. Eh, not too much anymore. When we were kids, vocational was the big word. What is your vocation? What are you meant to do in life? Um, and um, now people call it the path, I guess. What's my path? What's my story? That type of thing. But uh, the nodes come into play. And I want to bring up one simple point. It's like you started, you went down that path when you said, you know, when you're lost, you're confused, you know, you don't know what to do. You kind of get being vague in your answers. And I like to think that the last time that you were lost, last time you were driving and you started second guessing yourself, like, am I headed in the right direction? It's a, it's not, it's kind of a sinking feeling, but particularly when you're in a strange city and that happens. It happened to me just recently, uh, last week, and we were in Oklahoma City and all of a sudden I started questioning, are we heading in the right direction? This doesn't look right, which to be honest, really sets off bells and tension between Bill and I, because he doesn't <laughs> like it when I start second guessing what, what direction we're headed in. But anyhow, uh, you know, then I saw this bright graphic that was on the side of an apartment building. I go, oh yeah, there we go. No, we're in the right direction. Everything's okay. Then uh, the tension immediately broke again, and now we're back on the path. And that's what the nodes do. They do bring you back to remember why you're here. Well, so the reason that we're talking about yes. the nodes today is because Pluto mm -hmm. is currently squaring the nodes. Uh, the exact square will happen on July 23rd uh, when Pluto is back at 29 degrees of Capricorn and the lunar nodes will be at 29 degrees of Aries and Libra. Mm -hmm. So if you have any planet, not necessarily just the nodes, but anything at 29 degrees Capricorn, you're being strongly affected by this influence. I'd like to call this the, the, the summer of family and, and, and be liberal with that idea of family, the team, the group, the neighborhood, the coffee 
group that I hang out with, the book club. So it's all these adopted people that you kind of claim as your own. You know, I always find it interesting that people go, oh, that's my grocery store. You know, that's my dry cleaners. You know what I mean? They kind of take ownership of these places, you know, they, mm -hmm. that's family, that's family. And with when the nodes are set off like they are, and as Kate said, it's peaking in one month from now, July 23rd. There's a lot, probably more truthful conversations coming out within your family. Absolutely. So mom and me are going to talk about all the different ways to use this energy when we come back from our commercial break. Okay, welcome back. So mom kind of started us off with the first thing that might happen under this energy uh, over the summer where you might be having more truthful conversations. Uh, they, you know, they might sound extreme or harsh, but it's like, okay, the truth is finally out. And sometimes that, you know, there's a relief that happens when it's like, okay, I finally just know what's going on or I know how they feel. Or they know who I am. I've made it very clear now. I, I can't continue this commitment to being here, doing this for you, uh, or there's a sense of I'm going to move away or I'm going to move back to family. So it can go either way. It, it's just it's just the truth coming out. Everyone on their path, right? Yep. This can include your nieces, your nephews, your great grandparents, you know, and all these adopted people that you have along the way. So uh, I like to think of the circle of life within the family. So there could be stories where someone is selling the family home or someone is, you know, handing it off to someone else to live in. Yeah. The easy one probably is significant family reunions, which is very personal to us as we are all going to gather we have a story going on we're all going to gather go see family together it you know hasn't happened for you know almost uh, nine years that we've been all been together it's a big deal and it will be the first uh time that family's meeting my partner mikey meeting oh, uh yeah. or your granddaughter my <laughs> niece uh lincoln mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so Kind of a big deal. Oh, good. So this can be, uh, this could be a time period where tradition is broken. It could be a time period where we're launching a new tradition. Yep. You know, someone could be stepping away from the family, going off, doing their own thing. This is a huge energy about generational wounds. I was going to say, this is even for people, if you're listening, thinking, well, my parents have passed on or right. I have an estranged relationship with a sibling, like, right. are they, am I going to be reaching back out or what does this mean? But you could just be doing the work personally where you're saying, you know, maybe I want to get into therapy over this, or mm -hmm. maybe you just take more of an interest in taking classes and you realize, oh my gosh, that yoga class, I went for the stretching, but didn't realize that it was going to maybe stir up some emotions about the family. You know, I just finished this great book called raking leaves in the wind strongly recommend it again the, the gist of it is this in order to go into therapy and really get the best you have to start looking at the story you look at the story of the great grandparents you look at the story of the grandparents you look at the story that you've written and you start seeing it but it was so fascinating about needing to go back and like for you to understand my story 
mm-hmm. to understand, put everything in perspective of why I did or am the way maybe that I am. Yep. Anyway, yep. That's generational stuff. So that would be a great fun jump off point for someone. And if you were born in the 50s, you'll love it because the author is writing in first hand about her experiences growing up in the 50s and oh, in fun. the mid. So anyhow, it was very good. Okay. Well, maybe some summer reading then. A yeah, little homework exactly. for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyhow, there's, there's personal things going on. I'm sure there's going to be things in the headline as well, but that's going to happen. It's the idea that if this is the ground, this is where you do your own work, your personal work of redefining who you are, what group you're in. This could affect, you know, family can be my coworkers, right? So this can be a work thing as well, where, oh, I'm no longer in that group or I'm no longer seeing them I'm in my own department over here. So there is this whole thing about kind of having to talk it out. If we go back to that book that you mentioned, you know, another way to live it out, whether you feel like you had a healthy, you know, upbringing or not, right? you know, you could just be doing some work on understanding how your identity has been shaped by your upbringing or by your family. Yes. Yes. So it could be just taking you back. You could be looking at photo books. You could be, you know, inheriting your baby box, things that take you back and kind of force you to confront the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, just because I've done put a couple of Google books together of pictures of family, historical family from the 50s, the 60s and everything, you have to put things in order. And I, this sounds very strange, but you're, let's say you have 25 pictures in front of you of from the 1960s. What order are you gonna put them in? Does it matter? Does this need to come before that? Well, you'd think it wouldn't be a big deal. I can tell you, I spent hours thinking about which picture should come first and which picture comes next. And and it wasn't all logical. It wasn't all logical. There was kind of an emotional tug going there. I'm sure there was some therapeutic stuff going on (laughs) as I was sorting out these images. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple other things, maybe just to think about as we go through um, this energy would be, you know, what type of people are no longer serving you? Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to feel liberated or where do you want to opt out? Um, are you done being your mother's daughter? Um, those big, pause, some- big pause there, Kate. <laughs> I know. Well, I was like, one, I was making sure that that made sense. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, it is the idea that some, some many times all of us got caught up with, oh, I'm, you know, I'm her employee. I'm, I'm my spouse to my husband. You get, you have a secondary identity that sometimes becomes the one that everyone's you're leading with. I see. So that, that's the idea that you're trying to clarify that, you know, that's where this idea of breaking out of the role, you've been the caregiver in the family. Well, now you're going to go back to work and go do take on some project while you're leaving. I'm no longer the, you know, head caretaker of the family. Yeah. That's what we're trying to suggest here. What label are you walking around with that maybe is a past tense? I'm really, I'm that, I can still be my mother's daughter, but I'm not going to play that role anymore. I see. When I was reading it, I thought it was about like someone that parents their parent. 
Oh, that's okay. why I was like, I don't think I said that right. So that's why I paused. I thought you were going to make an announcement. No, no. <laughs> that's why I couldn't grasp like what I just said. Cause I yeah. was thinking of someone who parents, who is a parent to their parent and they might be right. saying, I can no yeah. longer hold that responsibility. Yeah. Well, that's a great story too, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, and the other the last thing I think I want to throw in here, you also under this energy may question your own brand of discrimination. Who have you naturally kept out? Didn't consider because of, I recently got into a conversation a little awkward about someone who is heavily tattooed and I heard it. I heard my discrimination. <laughs> I heard it and what was coming out of my mouth. Yeah. So that it made me aware that that was a brand that was a tipping point for me to discriminate. Yeah. So my point is that's everyone's going through this idea of you're questioning your own style of discrimination that you've used to judge other people and made decisions about, you know, who you're going to align with. Yep. That one was an ouch. That was an ouch for me, but yeah, I did. I did see it. I heard it. Okay. That's good. It's progress, right? It's progress. I even heard it. You're absolutely (laughs) right. I think the other thing to consider about this is, you know, it's possible that not everyone is being proactive with this energy. It's possible that some people are the recipient of this energy. So they could be saying, well, what's up there? you know, pants or whatever it's called, like what, what's gotten into them? Like, why are they acting like that? So it is possible that, you know, you could be on the receiving end of other people kind of redefining, you know, what their family is or what their traditions are. So, you know, you could have a, I don't know, a daughter-in-law telling you, oh, we're no longer, we're not going to show up on Christmas day this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a new tradition. Mm -hmm. And again, so you might be thinking, well, I didn't get to make that decision. Someone else made that decision for me. So there can be, it'll go both ways. Yes. That that's a great point. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that concludes our talk today then on uh, Pluto squaring the nodes. And uh, we hope that you learned something and we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.